This is New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Hello, everyone. My name is Flobo Boys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into this episode and all the other episodes in New Amsterdam Radio Canon. We have a very, very special, important guest here today, uh, Miss Courtney Beasley, who's going to talk about a project she's working on. But I just want to check in with you. I want to know how you're doing, how you're living, anything you're working on, how. Uh, close you are to making that into fruition. I understand that here March 18th, the day we're recording this, uh, there's kind of a big deal happening on the global scale and I won't get into the details, I'm sure you're aware, but there's a reason why I'm broadcasting this from my apartment, day three of self-imposed quarantine. But I really want to know what you're working on in your projects. Of course, you can reach out to me over at Twitter at Flobo Boys or on Instagram at Flobito and Flobito.com. New Amsterdam Radio is a show for you. And it's really a show about uh, getting in contact with other people to see how they are working on their own side projects and hustles. Uh, Corny and I have a nice chat about a project we're working on called Put in Black. Um, I am excited to share it with you. So without further ado, uh, just a little quick word message from our sponsor, that's me, y'all, and uh, we'll head on to it. Hello, everyone. This is Flobo Boys here at New Amsterdam Radio, the show where we take what's happening all around us and recontextualize it for creatives. And today I'm being joined by a very special guest, special because she's out there doing things that I didn't even think was possible. I want to get up to <laughs> Miss Courtney Beasley. How are you doing out there? I'm good. I'm so happy to be doing this with you. And we're doing yes. this from distance. I know we're in the midst of a coronavirus lockdown. Where are you yeah. broadcasting from today? From Oakland, California. Are you from Oakland, born and raised? Or? No, I'm actually from Las Vegas, but I've been in the Bay since... 2013 actually yeah and, and like you i have not changed my cell phone number as well i, I saw the yeah. area code i was like that's vegas that's cool yeah yeah so it says here on my notes that you are a doctor of psychology right with an emphasis on clinical and forensic psychology is that what this that's true yes so my training has been in clinical and forensic so my last the last place where i worked was forensic which is like People often think of like CSI and all that kind of stuff, but it's pretty broad actually. So the work that I did was related to like supporting people who have been incarcerated or have been in state hospitals and just helping them to be safe um, while living in the community. Like, uh, like the Innocence Project or whatever, like exonerating people or just like a whole different thing? I think it, I might, I wonder when I think of the Innocence Project, I think of younger people, but maybe that's not right, huh? Um, so I, I worked with um, adults who, who um, they were found not guilty by reason of insanity, oh. um, and then they lived out in the community. And um, yeah, my job was just like do therapy, group therapy, and just check in with them to see like are they doing okay, and is anything resembling um, how they were doing before they c- committed their crimes. Does that make sense? No, it makes a, a whole lot of sense. I'm always fascinated by you know, people of color who decided to make education a priority. I mean, I can only imagine uh, your journey, getting your doctorate in that uh, niche field about how, mm-hmm. I mean, how how did you stick out there? I'm, I'm sure there were, you weren't like one of many, you know, in your classes no. or whatnot. Walk me right. through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking. So... It was, it was hard. Even when I think back to it, um, my, so my program was five years. And so my degree is Doctor of Psychology, which is a PsyD. And many people, um, when they think of doctor, they only think of PhD. But So the difference between a PhD in psychology and a PsyD is like 
typically it's like CITES are more uh, focused on clinical practice. So like actually doing the therapy and less research, whereas PhDs are more research. But anyway, so um, yeah, it was, I was definitely, there was, I think there was only, there was only two of us in my cohort who were black. Um, mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize throughout the training how much we didn't talk about race and how that influenced you know, how we perceive the world, how we're treated in the world, um, how we take care of ourselves, just the different cultural aspects that come into play when we think of like race, religion, ethnicity, language, all that stuff. And we kind of like glazed over that often. And just, I think people get, no, I know people get pretty uncomfortable with it. So it was hard because I, I, I felt, I often felt like I was doing something wrong or like, why don't I think like my peers? What's, why am I not having as many questions? Why am I not responding in the same way it was it was it was a journey for sure and still is it's funny you mentioned that um i have i don't have a doctorate or a psyche uh but mm -hmm. i do have an mfa in, in in film production and film school and it was a little similar like our program at chapman university in orange county had a lot of minorities but they were like road scholars right so they were from a different cultural background and it was very few of us uh, working class uh, people of color from major cities. You know, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. And it's funny how, like, race is there or culture is there uh, and, and scholastic achievements there. But everyone has their own interpretation of what that was. So I'm always curious to see uh, how other minorities approach that when they were getting their formal education. Um, right. Personally, personally, you know. Yeah, me too, for sure. Because, you had like, there has to be some kind of way that you're coping and, like, staying healthy and also feeling like, you have a voice in whatever you're doing. Uh, and I know that you're a dynamic individual. Uh, you know, it says that you're also practice yoga. Is that true? I love yoga. <laughs> so that's been, um, that's been newer for me. Like a, years ago, I tried Bikram yoga and I was, that was intense for me. I remember my first class, I, um, I hadn't really drank any water. Have you done Bikram yoga? Uh, I've seen videos. I have not. Okay. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, no, I don't do that. <laughs> I have not ventured yet. Um, yeah. Like my first class, I like, hardly drank any water. And I um, I went and I, it was before work. Like I had some nerve. I don't know who I thought I was, but it was like, so 90 minutes of being in that hot, hot room. And then um, just like, yeah, it was, it was a lot. So I had a headache for the rest of the day. It was awful. But um but later I got back the hang of it, right? Because I hydrated, like, duh. And but so yeah, this past summer I um, I went on a couple retreats, and I, I think that's when I started to get more into it. And then here in Oakland they have something called Black to Yoga, and um, these three women came together, yoga instructors came together, and they offer um, donation-based yoga, which was often outside, but throughout the colder months it's been inside, and it's been like this whole wellness day. And so I, I got to learn it in a really cool way by being around people of color and like a lot of black people and um, also understanding like how this contributes to our health overall. So yeah, yoga is my jam and I'd love to get certified in that too. Yoga is one of those things where I've been told by people who practice, man, you're missing out, but I haven't been able to actually like bite the bullet. You know, I'm a big wrestling fan. 
And uh, one of the old wrestlers from the 90s, Diamond Dallas Page. I'm, I'm not sure right. if you're familiar. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Has his I own used thing. to watch that. Oh, for real? Oh, guys, what's yeah. up? Wait, oh, wait. Let me make sure. Is he? Does he have blonde hair? Yeah, yeah, my... yeah, yeah. And it was like kind of long, right? Yeah, yeah. They had a diamond. Yeah, hey. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, what's up. You're an OG. You're a friend of the show now. <laughs> uh, had this thing called DDP Yoga, and it was all the rage. Oh. It, was, it was originally called Yoga for Regular Guys, and the idea was that for people who didn't like or the idea of like, who thought the original ideas of yoga were unapproachable, like myself, the way you will do it. So I bought the DVDs, I, I put them in the tray, you know, and I was like, I can't do this. I never tried yoga. So it's cool to hear about that because I may, you know, bite the bullet one day. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I, I definitely suggest trying it because it can be, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about uh, puttinblack.com. So I understand that we live in a post-super highway era where information is worth his weight in gold. Uh, tell me more about your project and, 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 and how you came across that. Anyway. Yes. Um, okay, so Putting Black has been something that's been a long time coming. Like, uh, So since my I graduated from grad school in 2018, um, so I finished my dissertation uh, in 2017 was when I defended. So, which means like I presented it to my committee. So, um, and I'm saying all that to say, like, my dissertation inspired Put in Black. So I, so I, so my, my dissertation was about um, Black women's perception of a shortage of Black men. And then, like, how was that showing up in our lives? Like, how did that show up in terms of um, our sex behaviors, substance use behaviors, By shortage symptoms? of Black men, you mean, like, like applicable, like, mates? Or just mean, yeah. like, 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 arbitrarily the number of Black men? Like, yeah, like how many people are available as mates? Yes. Got Thank it. you for um, asking for clarification. Yeah. So like if I, so I'm a black woman and I'm like, okay, there's not enough men because either they're all, they're gay or they're incarcerated, whatever. Um, and if I have this belief and it's like, and it's greater than these other women who are like, no, there's still more, there's still enough men out here. Then I'm, um, if I have a greater belief of that, then I would be more likely to have depressive symptoms. That's what my re that's what the research showed. Mm. So, and it was something. The reason why I thought it was really meaningful is because so often we talk in the black community, and I think just in communities, this is the thing that people know about is that we talk about how oh, there's not enough men, right, or there's no good black man, or whatever. And so I thought it was interesting to actually measure this and see, like, okay, well, what's how is that affecting us? If we think this, if we believe this, based on like really the numbers and like what we see, which is real. Um, what does that mean for us and our health? And so after doing the research and then I tried to get the research out into the world, just like to lay audiences and not just in academic journals, which is often the case. Like people want to publish in academic journals um, because usually, like it's like if you're a professor or something like that, you want to have a lot of publications. Um, but my goal was like, no, I want black people to read this. Right. So along that journey, it was just, it was so difficult to find a place that actually wanted my information, even though I was doing presentations and people were super, super interested and wondering where they could find the information and actually read it, right? As opposed to me just talking to them about it, like they could actually sit with it and share it and discuss it, which was what I wanted. I wanted to really like shift the conversation so that it's something that's actually, we can like think about like, okay, well. Like, what's, how is this happening? Why are there so many black men that are incarcerated? Why, why do we have these beliefs towards black men? And why do black men have these beliefs towards black women? Um, 
So, yeah, so that was the thing. And then I ended up publishing it in a local journal in the, or a local um, online site in the Bay Area called Queen Media Collective. Um, so I got it out there and it was in the form of a letter just like saying, Black women, I love you. You inspired me to write this. Here's what I learned from my research. I want you to have it too. And then I was like, well, why don't I just create something so that we can all do this? So like we can all share our, our knowledge and connect with one another. And it's not just kept in, um, in graduate schools and in colleges where people have to pay for it. Like so much money. These, these journal co um, companies that usually get this kind of information make so much money. And I just really wanted there to be something free for our communities, especially when I think about, you know, um, just our health outcomes and things like that in the black community. Yeah, it's pretty funny how, like, you know, these journals are such a, a barrier to these informations, like the ones that are paid for. I mean, I three, four or five maybe six jobs ago, I worked as a research assistant, which legally meant I made study guides for people, but which illegally meant is I wrote term papers for people, <laughs> which <laughs> is awesome because I got to say I have, I'm you know, well-versed in a bunch of different subjects, but like, right. like, like, like LexisNexis charges an astronomical fee for these right. journals and stuff like that. Uh, let's talk about the actual name. Why did you guys with put in black? It sounds like you were going for like in writing, but it has like a bit of a connotation there too as well. Oh, I'm so excited you got that. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly, that's what it was. Like that whole like put it in black and white, right? Like that's like official. Um, but I definitely, I was like, I want black people to know it's for us. Like definitely everyone, I think everyone deserves access to information that's gonna improve their health for sure. But I also want to acknowledge, like, our our communities have a history of just not trusting the health system, right? Understandably so, because of the history of experimentation with Black people. Right. And also today, the way that we're treated, like, not even the history, but just, um, like, the way that you're perceived based on your skin color is crazy. Like, I've been, like, just as a psychologist, or someone who has their doctorate in psychology, and the training that I've had, um, over the years in different hospitals, I've kind of been behind the scenes and been able to see like how people respond differently when the symptoms can be the same, but the color of your skin is different. So I, um, I yeah, I'm, I was like, I want something in the title that lets us know that like it's for us and also a play on words. So I was actually talking to one of my mentors and we're like brainstorming and I was coming up with all these crazy, like I don't even know what I was saying. I think at one point it was something like James Brown related and she was like, no, Courtney. That does not work. <laughs> and they were like, put it in black. First, we were like, put it in black. And I was like, ah. Oh. And they were like, put it in black. And I was like, no, yeah, I can rock with that. Like, that feels good. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, I, as someone who was just hearing more for the first time, like, what would that site eventually look like? Are we talking about journals, articles, videos? Mm -hmm. What kind of content can someone expect? So, um, articles for sure right now. So, articles that are simple and that give you practical information to apply to your life and that help it help you to just like understand health information in a way that's actually like okay like i, I understand why this is useful as a, as opposed to having this information that's like okay i get it's important but i don't really know how to use it in my life so just like simple and to the point and also giving um, professionals and researchers a space to get a little creative with it and not feel like you have to be in this very regimented way of writing which is something that i struggled with throughout um, 
my time in school and even after like sometimes I sit down to write something simple and I'm like wow I sound like such a student or such a like I'm still not writing as me it's kind of like Courtney the student or Courtney the person who's trying to get it approved by you know like this research world um, so the art simple articles and then also I'll be we'll be featuring um, an artist each week just because of the connection of like art and wellness and um, they'll get to share their stories too as for the uh, inspiration behind their work. Oh, that's really cool. The fact that you're able to give people a little spotlight and all that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty excited about this. So you decided to launch this site and I know uh, when you have cool ideas or new ideas or provocative ideas, there are a lot of people out there that say, why or what's the point you know what what was the biggest challenge for you when you decided to pitch this idea to your stakeholders right um i really like this question because it's something i've been facing um throughout the time that i've been like allowing myself to actually try the idea and then you know when i started putting it out into the world which was just um a couple weeks ago when i started sharing the link to the submission page um, but the first thing was really just like letting myself try and not trying to be perfect about it. And just like, let's see how this goes. Like, I know I'm not the only one who wants this information. I'm, I know I'm not the only one who's seen how, how quality information can change someone's life. I know I'm not the only one who cares about our communities. And then after that, like being okay when people aren't interested in contributing to it, right? Like the health, the um, health practitioners that I've reached out to. Um, and then people feeling like, I'm, I've gotten some feedback that it feels like I'm further dividing the black, black communities from the rest of the, from other races, wow. um, which that was, that was definitely, that hurt at the time that I received those messages because, or that feedback, because, you know, it's something I've been working so hard on and like try, creating the site and all of that, like, just like learning about how to do all this, which has been a new process for me, um, and so, you know, there was some sensitivity there for sure. So I did take it personally at first and feeling like, wait, what? But I, then I, you know, I just like step back and I'm like, wait, like I know what I'm doing this for. And it's not, it's definitely not about division. This is about like giving love to a community who so badly needs it in this area. So um, that's, I guess that's been the biggest thing is like letting myself try and actually do it. And then also not taking the feedback that I'm getting personally. Oh yeah, that's definitely important. <laughs> that feedback yeah. can totally uh, like uh, derail a ship if need be. Uh, yeah. So the site now is going to be live in the springtime, I assume. Uh, so it's um, April sixth is the launch date. Oh okay. good, um, awesome. Yeah, so it's like it's super soon, which I'm like ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm getting it together over here, just reaching out to people. Um, like I know, like I think so far I have like a nurse and a yoga teacher and a psychologist. So like people from different disciplines who I really want to contribute. And then a couple of cool artists who are ready to have their work displayed too, which is really exciting. Like just be, it just gave me the reminder that yes, there are people who want to see this happen too. Man, I'm so glad for you. And I hope it really launches the way you, you want to. And you know, there's people listening to the Me show too. now trying to, make sense of their own ideas and their own projects and their own things like that. Um, you know, you once said that people should out there consistently make time 
for themselves or are they also making their projects and making things happen how do you make time yeah. for yourself while you're making put in black a reality yeah um i definitely so i've learned that i like waking up earlier in the day um lately i haven't just because Wait, what's early my it's like five early, like like five okay yeah like before especially in the winter when it's like still dark if and it's so calm so i live in a pretty um noisy area of oakland like it's like pretty popping usually when when we're not all um in this shelter in place but so like right before like at 5 a.m it's like so calm and i just get time to think and like meditate and pray whatever i want to do in that time and also recently like i was telling you about going for runs like that's been really helpful too it's just it's because it's my time by myself um and without all the noise because we can i know i can definitely get caught up in like what other people have to say about what I'm doing or like, especially doing put in black and like me, I have to get more engaged with social media, which has, I've definitely avoided for as long as I could. <laughs> Wait, why? Um, Wait, what's wrong with social media? I, I, I think it probably goes back to that whole taking things personally, honestly, probably. I think that like, so I tried it one time before grad school to meet my cohort and, um, I quickly got off because I was like, ah, like I felt myself be like, did someone like it? Did someone <laughs> like the picture? Like, did they laugh? Because I'm funny. So someone should have laughed at what I wrote. And like, <laughs> really taking it way too much to heart. So I've been, yeah, I definitely avoided that. I think that's what it was. <laughs> that That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> no, I, I hear you, man. There, there's a lot of projects that I've worked on personally where depending on what project it is you're kind of like oh, I'm doing a thing don't worry about it or I'll show you when I'm good and ready or hey look I need your help to, 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 to help uh, contribute to it so it's always good that you have a plan for putting black and what you want to do with it um, yeah right. so what would be like the ideal situation for it like I know you wanted fans or you wanted like a community around it but like what would be like considered a absolute success Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm so glad you asked so I can say it out into the world. Cause I wrote this down too. Um, and I look at it like every morning is I really like, cool. I'm just going to dream big is like, this can help to change how research is shared. And so that it's not, so that there's not only um, a certain group of people who say what's good research, right. Or good knowledge to share. Um, I think it could, my hope is that it really transforms how, um, black communities are living in terms of living healthier lifestyles. Like I've seen just with my own parents, like when I share information that I've learned, the like the changes that they're making. Like my dad sent me a picture of the healthy food he was eating. And my mom has like lost a ton of weight and is no longer pre-diabetic. And like, I just, I imagine that happening. And I would love, like, I'm gonna keep dreaming big. Like if it just reached like millions of people, like people, like, and people trust it. It's a trusted source based on, people coming together, sharing their knowledge, and it's free. Like, you know you can trust it and you don't have to pay for it. That's my that's my big dream for it, and I would love for that to happen. And how can other people contribute to your website? So um, right now I'm um, definitely looking for people to write articles. So if you're in the health field, like that's yoga, that's doulas, that's psychologists, social workers, all the things related to health. Um, and then also artists who want to feature, who would like me to feature their work. So you can go to putinblack.com. And right now I just have the submission page up. 
And um, you can also reach out to me at um, Courtney at putinblack.com with any questions or anything, because I would be so excited to connect with people who are interested in this mission for sure. That is amazing. Just any other place where people can find you online. I know the social media is being ramped up and all that, but I, know. I don't know if you have like a Tumblr page or something like that. I know. You're like, do you have anything? Yeah. So, I mean, I have LinkedIn, which I'm Dr. Courtney Beasley on there. And then I, I do have my Instagram page. Like I have it. I just haven't posted yet, which I'll start posting once Put In Black is on. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a philosophical yeah. question if you have an instagram page but with no posts do you have an instagram page <laughs> if a tree falls and no one's there to hear it <laughs> i know <laughs> well thank you so much for being on new amsterdam radio and i can't wait to see i want to c- contact you about six months or a year from now to see how that's growing because it does seem like the access to information is so so important and that is really the difference between the have and have nots. It isn't so much money. It isn't so much location. It's the knowledge of things, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I thank you so much. I This was so much fun, and I appreciated being able to talk about it a bit. And I want to say one thing because it's been bothering me. Is that, is that cool? Okay. Because, okay. <laughs> no, just about what I said. I was like, Courtney, what are you talking about? In the beginning, we were talking about the work that I did before. I was like, wait, what? I was I was referring to diversion programs when you were talking about the Innocence Project, and I just wanted to clear that up. Got it, got it. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, let's go back to that. So I sound like a little bit like I know what I'm talking about. I got you. Yeah, you know what? That's one of the few charities I support. So I was like, hey, anything I can do to put that like name in the, the podcast, I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Please come back in a couple yes. months or so. Let me know how it goes. I don't know about you, man, but Put In Black has the potential to be a game changer. This is New Amsterdam Radio, hosted by me, Flobo Boys. If you haven't already, please follow me over at Twitter, at Flobo Boys, or on Instagram, at Flobito, and my website is Flobito.com. We'll be back with more content, with more episodes, and potentially more guests sharing their projects they're working on, on New Amsterdam Radio. So, until next time, of course, this city is yours.